connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. to the Don Mitchell's Diversity Podcast, the podcast for digital marketing, spoken word, poetry, art, politics, dance, authors, actors, and more. Hi, my name is Matthew Isaac. I'm one of the officers of Indivisible Acadiana, one of the largest progressive and resistance organizations in um, this area. Um, today we're having a rally here at the Federal Courthouse in downtown Lafayette. Um, other branches of Indivisible are having this around the country. The purpose is really twofold. First is to uh, welcome in the new Democratic Congress, one of the most diverse groups of Congress people that we've elected in this country. Um, it's great that it's so diverse, that's a product of resistance. Second is to uh, ask our Congress uh, man over there in the Chase Tower, Clay Higgins, to support H.R. 1, the Democrats' first piece of legislation in this Congress. It's a sweeping bill aimed at um, getting money out of politics, reducing corruption in government, and empowering voters, and increasing voter access. Uh, that's our purpose today, it's twofold. Um, it's really not so much a rally, it's kind of a celebration of the new Congress and a way to kick off another year of resistance and progressive action by Indivisible and the other progressive organizations in our community. All right, thank you. So I'm Christy Green and I'm president of Indivisible Acadiana and we are here today largely to celebrate uh, the sweeping democratic victory of our uh, House of Representatives in the U.S. Congress. Uh, we are a day late. Technically, uh, the other chapters have been divisible across the nation. Most of them did this yesterday, but we had unfortunate weather to deal with, so we're happy to be out here in the sun. Uh, and the new Congress also coincides with two new guides that Indivisible National has released. The first guide was the one that started off the entire movement with uh, former congressional staffers uh, writing to advise people on how to interact with their elected officials. And the new guide is called Indivisible on a Fence because we are not defensive anymore. Um, we didn't. Uh, 
do much for the blue wave here in Louisiana, but we are part of the United States of America and so can partake of that national victory and the fact that we now have some power and some real opportunities to introduce progressive legislation. Uh, so we can uh, be a little bit more assertive in our uh, questions and demands. That's why we're here uh, standing in the shadows of the Chase Bank building, uh, which houses uh, Representative Clay Higgins. Uh, we're also standing in front of the federal courthouse, uh, which fortunately here is not closed, um, but many federal facilities still are closed, and we're hoping those will be reopened soon. Uh, and that we will have a functioning government. So we're going to be using this new uh, offensive, in a, in a good sense, uh, direction to uh, engage our uh, elected officials a bit more specifically. And then the second guide that came out in two this year uh, is about indivisible in the states. So this is the idea, uh, as they say, at the states are the place, um, that it's not only the national level that's important, but the state level. And it's actually here where we can make potentially more change. It's said that uh, state legislators don't hear from their constituents as much as the, the U.S. Congress does. Um, people don't engage with them and so that leaves a lot of room for lobbying and special interests to come and tell them what to do if they're not hearing it from their constituents. So we're hoping to work with uh, some of our progressive state legislators to uh, bring some of our, our ideas to the state capitol as well. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Consuela Gaines and I'm the local Lafayette chapter organizer for the organization VOTE, which stands for Voice of the Experienced. We're a grassroots organization that comprises of ex-offenders, families of offenders, um, and anyone who's interested in the criminal justice system. We're fairly new to the Lafayette area. Our main chapter is in New Orleans. We also have a Baton Rouge and Shreveport chapter. And what we do is every year we join with other organizations across the state to try to change some laws that affect people who are incarcerated, formerly incarcerated people, and just Louisianians. Um, period. We were very instrumental in getting the unanimous jury law change here in Louisiana. Um, last year we also had a very, very huge success in getting the bill passed where people on probation and parole will have the opportunity to vote which is very, very important in the state of Louisiana. For many years, voter suppression has been taking place and we are working hard to be able to lift those, those restrictions and March 1st, people who are on probation and parole and who have been out of prison for five or more years will have that opportunity to finally register to vote and get that opportunity to vote. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do you have any contact information? Do you have a website or anything? Yes, you can contact me. I can give you my number. My number is 337-212-5074. Or you can email me at Consuela at vote-nola.org. Or you can go on our website, which is www.vote-nola.org. And you can 
look at our website and find yeah. out what we're well, doing. We're our next Lafayette chapter meeting will be here in Lafayette at the Clifton Chenier Center located at 220 West Willow Street. We always meet in the auditorium. It will be Saturday, um, January 26th from 1 to 3 o'clock p.m. Thank you. See you there? what is a national victory. Some of you may have seen my social media posts immediately after the November election, and it was this sort of bittersweet moment of wanting to celebrate the national victory, but also knowing that we didn't really contribute to it here, like not at all. Um, so how, how does one balance that? Um, but quickly, within a few days, the New York Times had this wonderful article with an interactive map uh, that showed the counties that had gone red, uh, red arrows pointing right, and yes, there, there were some of those, uh, but there were also many districts around the country that had gone blue. And lo and behold, there was a big blue left-leaning slash across southwest Louisiana. Uh, perhaps some sort of melange of Justin DeWitt, Mimi Methvin, and actually there was even a, a small arrow underneath it that seemed to emanate from uh, Vermilion Parish, where our friend Jean Menard was running for Senate. So I've been sending her that that picture often of her Jean's little blue arrow. So we didn't we didn't win it, but we are moving in the right direction. Uh, so I think we can take uh, great uh, pride in that. Now you know I'm I'm someone whose emotions kind of move with the news, and so earlier this week there was a map, another map from the Washington Post, and Louisiana was bright pink. Uh, there were some places that were green and there were some that were pink. And Louisiana was the pinkest of them all. And I always say when I look at the map and Louisiana is a different color, a much darker color, it's usually not a good thing. And unfortunately, we were, with, I think, followed by Mississippi, one of the states that had the largest drop in voting. So we did better than we thought, I think, but we didn't do as well as other states. And those green ones, by the way, actually had increases in voting since 2016. So we've clearly got some work to do. Uh, and what we're doing today in celebrating the new Congress is also celebrating H.R. 1. Uh, and I think my understanding is that H.R. 1, the first bill of the new Congress, is, is almost always a budget bill. And certainly we want a budget, uh, particularly one that funds a federal government. Our federal courthouse is open, uh, but many around the country are operating on limited funds until uh, the, the, the federal is open and actually kicks in. So we want an effective government. But there are also three uh, key prongs of HR, which is not just a budget measure. It is a sweeping anti-corruption measure. And the three prongs are voting rights and voting access, uh, securing that, uh, eliminating the, the effect of money in politics, uh, basically having an amendment that gets rid of that, that terrible uh, Citizens United decision from the Supreme Court. Uh, and then finally, corruption itself. Uh, there's going to be some investigating. We've already heard buzz about, oh, Nancy Pelosi's just going to investigate everything. The government won't work. They'll spend all their time investigating. Well, I was reading something yesterday, an interesting article, that pointed out that oversight is an important part of good governance. All of our, rep all of our rep the two senators and, and Higgins, they serve on many committees, and I think each one of them has an oversight committee somewhere. So we want that oversight function to work well, and we want some investigating to do. And it's not a, an obstacle to good government, it is a part of good government. So I hope that, that rhetoric can be uh, put to bed fast. But there was uh, also an, a, an article that I read on corruption and what it is. And I think many of us think of it as sort of you know, money under the table, like 
direct, you know, pay, pay for play thing. But it's being seen as broader than that. It's being seen as uh, actions by our officials or inaction or obstruction that creates the, the impression that government doesn't work, can't work, uh, and that we can't do anything to change it. And so that ends up demoralizing us. It makes us perhaps not vote. Um, and it's just a poison that will seep through the entire body politics. So it's much more than just paying for play. So that's what we're here to do today. We're here to celebrate, but also consistent with the new indivisible offense to understand that we have some power. Uh, our, our, you know, I told people last month we had our Protect Mueller rally. I posted it on the Indivisible Guide Twitter account, and they replied, Lafayette, Louisiana, exclamation mark. So we're going to post again today, and we hope we'll get another exclamation mark, maybe two exclamation marks, because basically anything we do down here uh, gets us credit as national. They're very impressed when they see us out here. We should do that. Yes, that we, you know, there are, there are these, these areas that, that are hardy and, and, and really working. We have far to go, but we're, we're, we're working on it. Um, so with that, I'm actually going to turn it over to Matthew, who will introduce our speakers today, who we're very pleased to have. Thank you, Christy. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of speakers today, but first I want to just quickly um, reiterate that we're welcoming in a new Congress, a diverse Congress, um, one of the most diverse Congresses we've had, the most women that have been sent to Congress. That's a product of resistance, of all the things that we've been doing down here. Um, the various groups that have formed, um, Emerge, which encourages women candidates, um, Louisiana Precinct organizing, organizing Project, send us out to canvas, knock on doors, get people out to vote. Um, so resistance is working, it's produced a diverse Congress that's been returned this time. Um, and in addition to that, resistance, uh, bringing up the topic of resistance, brings up Indivisible Acadiana, one of the largest um, resistance and progressive action organizations in this area. Um, IA is turning two this year, so I'd like to um, you know, wish our organization Birthday, um, Indivisible Acadia and is terrible twos, and I think Christy and I are both probably of the same mind that we will return any tantrum we see coming from the White House with equal measure. Um, so I guess with that, I think I'm going to move right on to our first speaker, Consuela Gay. She's an organizer for uh, both, both Voice of the Exterior, which is an organization uh, devoted to formerly incarcerated persons. And she's going to talk a little bit about uh, voting rights. Hello, um, I'd just like to thank Indivisible for inviting me to this rally today. It is such an honor and a privilege as a formerly incarcerated person who spent 22 years in prison. Um, I've only been home two years now. But it's been such a wonderful, wonderful blessing because I've met so many of you, had the opportunity to meet you and converse with you, and I am beyond thrilled. Um, just before the, the end of the year, um, I was brought on with VOTE as a full-time employee because I was a part-time employee. Now I'm a full-time employee for VOTE. And that was something that I've been wanting to do so I can be able to attend these rallies and support these progressive organizations who are just taking Louisiana over. And I love that. I love it. We need that. And as Matthew said, 
voice of the experience. My experience, like I said, is in incarceration, just like the majority of the people who work at votes and um, dealing with the criminal justice system has been quite an experience. Just recently, we've had several successes, one being the unanimous jury. Uh, a lot of you had the opportunity to vote for that and that was passed here in the state of Louisiana, finally got rid of that Jim Crow law. Also last year, we had another success um, to empower people who are on probation and parole the opportunity to vote if they have been out of prison or jail for five or more years. Because voter suppression, as we know, has been an ongoing thing here in the state of Louisiana and throughout the South. But Louisiana citizens are trying to take back their rights. And voting is one of those ways of doing that. And vote as an organization and the Louisiana uh, Prison Alternatives, for Prison Alternatives with John Burkhart and many, many organizations throughout the state of Louisiana, those are some things that we're going to continue to fight for because voting is a right that we should never be deprived of. And um, that's something that we're gonna to continue to fight for. And I know that the majority of you are in agreement with that, regardless of a person's past criminal history or record, we should have that right to be able to vote. It's like 72,000 people here in the state of Louisiana on probation and parole. And can you imagine how the votes would turn with these people given the opportunity to be able to vote. So we're continuing to fight for that. And I just thank you guys um, for all the work that you're doing. I'm definitely in support of HR1 because Louisiana uh, politics, it, 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 it leaves me speechless most of the time. <laughs> we can be doing so much greater good for our people here in Louisiana and that's what it's about it's not about you being Republican or Democrat it's about the right thing and the wrong thing to do and I, I try to express that to people it's not about blue or red it's not about black or white it's about wrong and right and we have to always stand behind those people who are for the right thing as far as the, the citizens of Louisiana. That's what's most important. And we can't forget that. We have to keep that at the forefront of our mind. I don't care if it's a Republican get up there. If he is for the right thing or she is for the right thing, support that person. I don't care if it's a Democrat or a liberal. If they are for the right thing, support those people. Because we're human. We're human beings. And that's what matters. All that other stuff, it doesn't matter. Your political affiliation, what should it matter? It matters that we're all human beings and we all want to live the life of liberty that we're supposed to be living here in this country. This country is the best country in this world. And in order for us to keep it that way, we can't continue to suppress voters. We cannot continue to deprive our people of that privilege and that honor so many people died for. And 
I for one can't wait till I get that opportunity to vote because I'm not at that point yet. I still have a few more years before I'll be able to register to vote. But it's closer than what it was and we're going to continue to fight and hopefully it'll be this year sometime in August that I'll be able to have that privilege given back to me. Because vote, we have a lawsuit against the state of Louisiana concerning voting rights for people on probation and for parole. We're going to continue to fight as long as there's breath in our body. We're going to continue to stand by Louisiana citizens. And I just pray that all of you have a blessed new year. And once again, I just want to thank Indivisible for inviting me out here and giving me this opportunity on this platform in front of all you wonderful people. My name is Consuela Gaines and I'm the Lafayette chapter organizer of the organization Vote, Voice of the Experience. I pass out flyers. If you don't have any, please see me of our next meeting and uh, information about Lobby Day that's coming up. So I thank you. Thank have a blessed day. These initiatives as we recover this crucial right for everyone. Um, um, next, we're going to switch from the topic of voting. We'll return to it in a minute. I just, I, um, I've just seen um, Gwen Collins Green up just um, up here now. But before we get to a return to voting, we'll um, hear from Leslie Bork, the president of Lady Dems of Acadiana. Um, you know, one of the advocacy or, advocacy organizations for Democratic women in this city. Um, she's going to talk a little bit about the general topic of corruption and the new Democratic Congress. So I'm going to piggyback a little bit what Christy had said earlier about the reform bill and corruption. Um, so 2016 was a game changer of a year. For better or worse, it was a year where people got turned on for one reason or another. Republicans lit up to know they had the Senate, Congress, and the House in the palm of their hands and did it by electing someone different than the average politician. Their guy was unique. He was a businessman, and he promised great things like how to make America great again. Democrats got thrown a, a hard blow. We got a sucker punch to the place that hurts the most. When we finally came up for air, we were turned on. We were brought to our knees with floating and boasting, but instead of sitting down and letting this red wave roll over us, we stood up and we were turned on. We were turned on to find a way back to democracy that this nation was founded on, and we were turned on like never before to find a way back to some sort of decency. What was the, what was the tipping point for us Democrats? Was it we were now privy to blatant racism and bigotry? Was it basically everything we as social humans deemed unjust and unfathomable were now brought to the forefront of society and thought acceptable? Was it simply because the man before this man was immeasurably more smarter and dignified and we couldn't see the baton pass downward and ultimately in the toilet? And when I say the baton, I mean our country. Corruption in politics seems to be inevitable. The greedy seem to float at the top and are conspiring to see who will, who will have the most power. The swamp seems to be a fitting word because as Louisiana is full of swamps and infamous for corruption, and dirty, dirty politicians. Um, it's it's just fitting that the swamp is <laughs> is literally here, and uh, and we're famous for it. <laughs> um, anyway, 
I remember vividly when Mammy Mappin lost to Clay Higgins, how truly disgusted I was in Louisiana. I felt hopeless that if they couldn't find a way to see what Mammy had to offer this state, truth and positivity, then they simply did not want this. They chose to remain stagnant and they chose to put their state in the hands of someone who does not care about the betterment of society. This was a heartbreaking re re realization for me. Thursday, January 3rd, 2019 was a day for reckoning. It was a day It was a day that will be written about in history books for so many reasons. They're going to wonder if this really is Louisiana. We said the post the picture at National we're all standing around in our coats. Yeah. 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 The 116th Congress is sworn in and it was barrier breaking, like literally ceilings shattered in a million pieces all over the U.S. For most of us Democrats, we thought Hillary Clinton was going to be the chosen one to tap into that ceiling, but we had a rude awakening. History was made on Thursday because the 45th president of the U.S. is failing miserably. This new Congress, 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 with fresh voices and new energy, were inspired to run because of his presidency. Democrats seized control of the House, and now the change we are so desperately longing for will happen. Progressives are playing a long game, thinking strategically about how to maximize power once they have it. The incoming House Democrats say their first new order of business will be introducing a sweeping reform bill that aims to restore voter rights remove big money from campaigns, and strengthen ethics in government. How great does this sound? And why has there never been a bill like this before? Is it because corruption and power play such an important part in politics? Most of the time, doing the right thing in politics does not behoove the people in power. But still, we try. We try to make voting easier via automatic voter registration. We try to fortify voting rights, instill nonpartisan redistricting commissions, and limit purgers of voter rolls. We try to demand stricter limits on lobbying. There are legitimate reasons for diminished public faith in government. We should be addressing these reasons. Undermining the public in a corrupt, corrupt and cynical fashion is the tactic of the current administration. Another re important reform in the new package that Democrats will vote on is a requirement that presidential candidates release 10 years of tax reform. Yeah. Yeah. The norm of transparency was shredded by Trump, and therefore it will be restored and enforced going forward. The voting public should be aware if a candidate is personally benefiting from policies and the motives behind it. Full transparency at all costs. The Democratic Party has gone through a fundamental shift, and the results were shown in the 2018 midterms. We have declared a war for our, our democracy. The obstacles will be there, we are sure of it. But if we establish Democrats as the, as the party of stronger, better democracy, this will be the foundation to any future progressive economic agendas. So, we now have our marching orders. We deliver a bold reform package called HR1. We rein in the unaccountable dark money. We close the revolving door between government and private industries. We make it easier, not harder, to vote. Democrats have declared unequivocally, unequivocally that we would clean up corruption to make Washington work for the people. It will take bold action to fix what is broken in our democracy. 
We are nothing short of bold this last election. We voted in diversity and we voted in change makers. If ever there was a time to see how great America really is, this is the time. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, and while we're waiting for the introduction to our next speaker, I'll just point out if any of you are wondering why we're standing at this particular spot in the park, we have that Chase building in the back, which is where our congressman is. And the directive from Nashville was to be uh, in front of the offices, but he hasn't made it easy for us. That little strip of Jefferson is, is not big, uh, but we have this stunning view, and we can also address simultaneously uh, Congress and, and government as a whole representing the judiciary. So back to Matthew for introduction of our last speaker. Our last speaker, Gwen, Gwen Collins Greenup. She is running for Secretary of State in this coming year. Um, that's obviously important with an important position with respect to voter access and voter empowerment. Um, let's listen to Gwen and then after we hear from Gwen, we're going to turn and, well you guys won't have to turn, I'll have to turn, Crystal will have to turn, we'll turn and ask our congressman or ask the building at least uh, to support HR1, the, anti, the sweeping anti-corruption bill that we've been talking about. Let's hear from Gwen real quick. today. I am Gwen Collins Greenup and I am the people's candidate for Louisiana Secretary of State. And I love saying that because when I got into this race, I was looking to get 100% people power participation in Louisiana's elections. I discovered there was a problem with our election system because we had about 3 million registered voters mm -hmm. with less than 15% participating. And that was about 450,000 Louisianians making decisions for 4.6 million Louisianians. So when we look at that, that is a systematic issue in our state. Uh, in order to get 100% people power participation, I knew it was going to take some work. I knew it was going to take some time, but as we know, change doesn't happen overnight. And I looked at some of the other issues that our state has. Um, we are at the bottom of most good lists, and we are at the top of most bad lists. And in order to change that, I knew where the problem was. It's with our voting. Because voting is the way that we participate in our communities. It's the way we make positive change in our communities. But it's also the way that we hold elected leaders accountable. And I wanted to be accountable to our state. I wanted to use all of my education, my experience, but more importantly, I wanted to interject my passion into this office. Many of us are here today because we want to make sure that people have unimpeded access to voting. And there are many barriers to voting. And in order for us to unimpede those barriers, we have to make some changes. And as Democrats, we need to realize that voting isn't just a party issue. Although I'm running as a Democrat candidate for Secretary of State, this is not a Democrat issue. Voting is a people issue. It is an access issue. It is an empowerment issue. And if we are going to help change those statistics statewide, we have to have someone in position that supports the measures that will make voting access easier, safer, secure, but more importantly, available for everyone. And 
we as Democrats, as Louisianians, and as citizens of the United States, we have to make sure that we're on board with supporting measures that can do that. What are some of these measures and how can we do that? That's what I'm here to tell you today. Some of the measures that we can support to make voting access easier and to empower people to vote are by supporting measures such as same-day voter registration, automatic voter registration, restoring the Voting Rights Act, restoring voting rights to people who were formerly convicted. We also need to look at our early voting procedures and make sure that we have um, provide opportunities for people to have adequate early voting. We also need to look at partisan gerrymandering and try to fix that by getting some independent redistricting commissions. And then we look at the purging of our voting rolls. We need to protect people, voters that should be voting, that are eligible to vote from improper voter purges. We also have to look at our infrastructure. We need to make sure that we require states to upgrade and secure their election systems. We also need to look at measures such as making sure that the early voting is extended so all people will have the access and opportunities because we have a lot of working people in Louisiana and people need to get to work and we don't want that impeding their opportunity to vote. So we have to look at those issues because even though they may not affect us personally, they're affecting us collectively. And as collective citizens, we all have to participate. And I'm looking for 100% voter participation. How about you? Yeah. So when we think about what we need to do as citizens, it is our responsibility to ensure that all people that are legally eligible to vote have an opportunity to participate and that those that are not legally eligible to vote, that they have representation in our democracy. And we can all do that by ensuring that when we vote, that we vote for leaders that will ensure that everyone's voice is heard and that every vote is counted. So we can make the positive changes that we need to make in our communities, in our state, in our nation, and eventually in our world. And we're gonna be the beginning of that change. And I'm just issuing a call to you today to look at our voting systems, look at our democracy, and ask yourself, what can I do, like Wendy did, to just step in and be an ordinary citizen that says, I'm gonna put myself out there for our state, for my community, for my country, and do what needs to be done to get things better. And we are here today to get things better in Acadiana. But Acadiana is connected to Louisiana, so we will all work together to get the measures passed and to get the participation, the votes, and more importantly, the accountability we need to push the measures that we need to push forward. And we do that in our democracy through voting. Thank you. Thank you.
I want to hand this over to Matthew to bring us to a close, but I just want to remind everyone that Indivisible is having its first general meeting of the new year on Saturday, January 12th at the Acadiana CARES office, and there's information about this on our Facebook page. Uh, I'll also let you know that we have been revamping our IndivisibleAcadiana.com website. Uh, which particularly if you look at the actions and the press section uh, show I think just how much we've done in two years. It was kind of uh, astonishing actually when I was compiling it just to see it all lined up. Um, so we've done a lot. We're going to be doing more going forward. We're going to be uh, working with our state legislators consistent with the Indivisible States push. Uh, there is also a movement that some of us are interested in building our campaign experiences and going out into the broader uh, outside of Lafayette parts of a Indiana, uh, to take some of our meetings to other places. Why not have a meeting in Abbeville or uh, New Iberia, uh, Crowley, all of these places, and partnering with uh, Indivisible Southwest Louisiana. We've got some folks from Lake Charles here today. So uh, making that blue, that blue arrow across Southwest Louisiana uh, even bigger for the next election, maybe even getting some offices. So over to Matthew. All right, you guys, um, in a second, I'm going to actually uh, send it back to Christine in a minute because she's going to um, help us lead the charge as Clay Higgins. Because <laughs> you're the Clay um, <laughs> Lead the charge to ask Clay Higgins to support HR1. Um, now, what we're going to do is um, take a look at that Chase Tower over there. So let's all look at the Chase Tower. Uh, that's where Clay Higgins has his office because they let him keep his gun. Uh, he can't take it into the building over here, so any of these other um, government buildings. So that's why it's over there. Plus, it's harder to protest. They can always pick people out of a private property. He doesn't want anybody to like take him to task. So we've got to just like talk to the building. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, Chris, you're the clay expert. Do you want to like ask him, lead us in asking him to support HR one? What's he afraid of? Voter rights. It's got to be a good thing, right? We may want to, just to warm ourselves up, uh, issue a few chants to Clay to remind him, whose house, our house. So, whose house, our house. 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 And we'll end it there, uh, but we'll ask Clay to Play nice with the new Congress. He has already distinguished himself by attacking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in a picture that, picture that will not be under the definition of collegiality in any dictionary. Um, so we know he has a tendency to grandstand and to use these uh, opportunities to his advantage. Uh, but we, we, we want to call him to task on that when we see it and demand better behavior in a government that works. Thank you all of, the, all of you for coming out today. We will post this on Twitter later. We hope to get several exclamation marks for Indivisible National now, even though they may think we're in Alaska with all of our winter gear. Um, but we'll remind them who we are and that we're here and we're not going away and we have a big agenda for the next two years. Thank you. Sign it. I'm sure some people have a pen. Yay, I'm bringing a pen. And we can just sign it. Dear Congress. Wait, I got a white screen.